0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL podcast. Woo! Got a lot to recap from Cleveland. I'm Will Brinson the host of this podcast, joined as I am for every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday recap show. This is a recap of the Browns-Steelers game, a game that ended not just 21-7 Cleveland, but with a massive brawl at the end that's probably going to result in suspensions. But I'm joined by Steelers fan Ryan Wilson, a person who does not root for the Steelers because the Bengals are terrible, John Breach, and agnostic person who just kind of wants to see chaos. Sean Wagner McGough. How are we doing, boys?
2: I was hoping you would introduce Sean as the person most likely to swing a helmet at one of us. <laughs>
3: That's Ryan.
4: No, no way.
3: No no. No no. No. It's Brinson 100%. Are you kidding? Brinson <laughs> threw like a stuffed animal at him at the Super Bowl and he responded by like throwing everything back at him. That's
1: a good point. <laughs> so, the, here's the thing Miles Garrett came out of the draft out of Texas AM athletic freak, people, Ryan's, you know, Ryan's an athletic freak, right? People love his hard work. They love his skill set. Everybody's like, oh, but he's into poetry. Does he really love the game? Turns out there's a boiling psychopath underneath there, just like Ryan.
4: Me? No. It's funny, though. We were talking to Brady a few weeks ago about how Miles Garrett was in the running for um, Defensive Player of the Year. He had 10 sacks at the time, I think. And I remember saying, you know, he stays out of trouble. He seems to do all the right things. You talk about the poetry, except for the time he got slapped in the face by that random fan. And that was really the only thing you sort of heard about him. And then that conversation did a complete 180, maybe even a 720, um, as he walked to the bench. And we got to the bench and you saw the, the, the camera focused in on him. He looked like someone who was like, okay, I just completely and utterly effed up. And this is going to follow me for the rest of my career. I think he's probably a really good person. I just think he was, got super heated in the moment. I don't know why you get mad at Mason Rudolph for being honest after the game he played, but, um, right. But uh, what's that? I, I oh, I thought, I thought, um, someone had a reason because I can't think of like a, re- I mean, well, Mason-
1: oh, here, real quick, let's hear the, uh, Troy Aikman call of this at the end of the game. Um, actually, you know what? Before we do that, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I want to point out that Mason Rudolph did actually, in fact, it appeared if you watched it. He sort of jammed his, um, his hand- I have a rebuttal for that when you go ahead though. Well, I saying, he sort of jammed his hands in Miles Garrett Miles Garrett's helmet. I, I don't know that that was the, the end-all, be-all or anything like that. But you know, here is uh, Troy Aikman's call of the situation in question. Beyond words, oh, Joe. Gosh, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen on a professional sports field.
4: You know, Joe, I would have been involved with these in the league office, and it would come to officiating first and then go upstairs for discipline. But this is beyond the normal
1: And um, as you can imagine, guys, Mike Tomlin, do you think Mike Tomlin was happy about that? He pumped about it? Uh, He was thrilled. He he was very excited about
4: it. What was your perspective on what happened at the end? I'll keep my thoughts to myself. You guys saw what happened at the end. You got
0: no comment about it?
4: That's exactly what I said. I got no comment.
0: Have you ever seen anything like that at the end of a game?
4: No more questions regarding that because I'm saying nothing.
1: I love Mike Tomlin so much. I mean, he's so pissed off. And I don't blame him. His quarterback. He was giving Freddie an earful while they were sorting it out. Can you, I mean, can you blame him? His quarterback. Look, Mason Rudolph stunk the joint up and, um, God knows if I didn't see one more tweet about Kaepernick from Sean, I was going to lose my mind. Get it. They need a new quarterback. Mason Rudolph's not very good, but please stop at the Kaepernick tweets. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're, if you're Mike Tomlin, I mean, you watched your quarterback get his own help. Like, first of all, he was Picked up by his own helmet after he was sacked late. He had the helmet... He wasn't By the way, just to be clear, he was not sacked. He had thrown the
4: ball away. So people okay. who say he instigated it, John Breach, as I look at this tweet, the ball was out of his hands. He was body slammed to the ground, and then he got angry about being body slammed to the ground with Miles Garrett on top of him, stuck his hands in his face mask or whatever, and that's when Miles said, that's not going to work having a quarterback do that to me and ripped his helmet off as you were...
2: before he ripped his helmet well, Real quick, there was, there was no flag thrown on Miles Garrett for that tackle. It was yeah. a clean hit, so... Uh, Mason Rudolph just went John, off. John,
4: stop. You you generally agree no, with you. That is a crazy argument. No, 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 no. Rudolph it's
2: not crazy at all. That's Garrett. what happened. I'm not defending Miles Garrett. He should be suspended for the rest of the season. This is the what same, you wrote, John. Just over there. The, but to say Rudolph, my, Mason Rudolph didn't start it is insane.
4: The ball was out of his hands. Just because it wasn't a flag thrown, John, you're going to say that's okay? If you rewatch the whole play and you say that's not a penalty, let me ask you. If that happens to Tom Brady, what what's the conversation we're having? Just the part where Mason, Miles, or Garrett, or Miles, Garrett, Miles, Garrett, Miles Garrett's being like executed publicly. I'm just talking about the the pile driving him to the ground part. Nothing that happens after that. If that happens to Tom Brady, nothing happens?
2: Then they're stopping the game and sending everyone home. But that's different. It's Tom Brady.
4: I'm not, I'm not talking about the swing of the helmet. I'm just talking about the Miles Garrett tackle. If it had been Tom Brady, you know, good and well, right,
2: but you also been. know good and well, they treat different quarters, different quarterbacks well, differently. Your argument so doesn't make
4: sense if you're saying it. they didn't throw a flag. So then Mason Rudolph instigated. it.
2: I'm saying Tom Brady wouldn't have reached in and tried to punch Miles Garrett if he got hit like that.
1: And if he had, would John, have been
2: instigating it? He wouldn't have. So it doesn't matter. John, no,
1: you're, you're wrong. Son. You're getting you're getting dunked on by Ryan right now. Go ahead. So oh, much I that, that I was I, I was going to
3: agree with yeah. I won't even. Well, I was going to agree with you. Now I'm just going to stand. I mean,
4: that seems pushing the. Pushing the envelope to say that Mason instigated it because there was no flag thrown. If you watch the play, I mean, good lord, he got suplexed.
1: Also, so, it's it's twenty-one to seven, and they're just like desperately trying to convert. A and pick-
4: I like Miles Garrett, by the way. And I, I like I said, I think he felt terrible walking back, and it, it got the worst of him. And I'll be honest, like, I had turned away, I was setting up to do the podcast, so I didn't even see the thing happen initially. I look up and I see Marquis hes kicking the crap out of someone. Like, oh my god, why has he lost his mind? And he's obviously suspended, too. But we can get to that point. But anyway, so, yes, he rips the helmet off.
1: Pete, Ryan, it, Pete Ryan, by the way, he, like, he's like he's getting set up early. Like, <laughs> so not not being ready. And he's like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what on earth is this happening? <laughs> I just want to be
2: clear. I do think Miles Garrett should be suspended, like, indefinitely forever. I, I mean, there was no excuse for what he did.
4: John, I hate to get mad at you. I feel like when I get mad at my 8-year-old, who's a really sweet, sweet kid. <laughs> my 12-year-old
1: can be a butthole sometimes. So my 8-year-old. Okay, so let's 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 go around the horn real quick and guess. Ryan, how long will Miles Garrett be suspended?
4: So here's the thing. Um I turned the television back on. Vontez Bervick never did anything this dirty
1: in his career. Ever. You number know, one. You know what it reminds me of, by the way? What? Indominican Sue's Thanksgiving face stomp. This is way worse. Wow. Way worse. Well, yeah, because the face wow. stomp, I don't think he connected to the and point.
2: Haynesworth got suspended too.
4: Mm. Hey, so that's the first that's thing. Vontes was never did anything like this. Number two, I was listening to Steve Smith, Carolina Steve Smith, who now works for the NFL Network, and he said he should be. What's wrong?
1: <laughs> as opposed to like Steve Smith. Well, uh, the Giants. As opposed to the, yeah. giant receiver, the, giant the Giants receiving former Giants. Wide receiver from
4: USC. Everyone loves Ryan.
1: Ryan Listens to like this this rapid fire podcast after uh, after after prime games games. Steve Smith from USC and the Giants. <laughs> right. Like, there's it's like, called, like a one minute hot take about what happened on Brian. It's called the Steve
4: Smith 2.0 podcast. Uh, check it out. iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but Steve Smith, Carolina and Baltimore fame, said that Miles Garrett straight up should be like John just said, suspended for the rest of the season. And that sort of Joe, Joe Thomas said the same thing. You sat next to him in the booth. Former Cleveland Browns feature Hall of Famer, uh, said the exact same thing. And I, I had not, it hadn't occurred to me. I was thinking maybe four, five games. I don't, cause you don't know what the NFL is going to do. So that's my answer.
3: It, it has to be, I mean, this sounds like the bare minimum, but it has to be at least two because they play the Steelers in two weeks. Good and Lord. there's, I'm just saying there's no way they could let him play the Steelers again. So it feels like it'll be between two and the, and the rest of the season.
2: Uh, I think that is lowballing it. I think it'll be 10. I think that would be six the rest of this year and the first four next year. And four is like something you get, you know, if you get suspended for something to start a season. And I think that would be pretty much telling anyone in the NFL, do not ever take someone's helmet off and try to hit them with it because you have to make a statement with this suspension, like a a big giant statement that this is not allowed at all. Uh, I will be shocked if it is below six games. I think six is the minimum and, and maybe 10 to 12 is the maximum.
1: I actually like the idea of 10. And then he appeals it, and it's down to six, and he's out for the rest of the season because the Browns aren't making the playoffs. What if they make the playoffs, though? They're What's not. The rule now? They're, they're
4: not making the playoffs. But, I mean, if they do, well, Freddie Kitchens would probably forget that he's on the team. Let's be
1: honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, no. I mean, if – well, no, that's the thing. It's like – so now that that—that's where breaches 10 could come into play where it's like
4: – Yeah, but six won't, though, is my point, right?
1: Right, right. But, I mean, the NFL loves to, like, lay a hammer down, then, like – Right. purposely aggressively. I think, I don't even know if they can do suspended for the rest of the season. It has to be a amount. It has to be a specific, you're right, it has to be a specific amount because if you say rest of the season, then the team makes the playoffs, it's like how many games, so you have to pick a number of games, and so if they do go 10 and fall back to 6, you just gamble the Browns won't make the playoffs. If it sticks at 10, I mean, that's just a, that's just a guy who's going to miss the first four games next year. Mm. I, I don't think there's any number of games that the nfl could suspend him that would make people mad well like, here's what
4: well i'm sure someone could but steve smith made this point as well and it's actually a really good point if he had hit like connected with that helmet and knocked mason Rudolph out or maybe like accidentally paralyzed him by hitting him in the wrong spot he got him pretty damn that bad. ain't gonna be a two-game suspension by the way so yeah he
1: did get him pretty good the fact that mason didn't go down
4: i don't, I mean, I don't you know, know yeah, I yeah,
1: right well mason had been getting jacked all night so yeah. like he just like threw his hands over the air and was like, are you kidding me? This guy got pushed by Okajobi. I mean, an, an NFL helmet. I mean, <laughs> is, I mean, if you go full speed and whack somebody's bare head with a, with any kind of football helmet. I mean, I, I mean, breach. Any got kind of a helmet. Breach. If you could on video, um, you know, take one of your little mini helmets and hit yourself in the face and just see how long you lie there, that'd be great.
2: Brenton, you're the only one with a full-size football helmet in your office right now, so I think you should do the experiment.
1: Yeah, I'd be dead. I mean, At, I breach. If you got hit in the head with a helmet, how long would it take you before you woke up from the from the field? You. Here's the thing: is that it depends.
2: So, I, I probably an hour. I believe blacked out for a while. I don't want to be hit. I don't want to do this experiment. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I mean this is this is just absolutely nuts. This whole thing is nuts. And the fact that you haven't had Freddie Kitchens doing his uh post game press conference, he is calling out Miles Garrett, just like Baker Mayfield did. Nobody is even trying to defend Miles Garrett. I mean, if everybody on your team knows what you did is wrong, because a lot of times players will try to defend their teammates, uh, but that's when you know you've hit rock bottom with doing something, and this is just I mean, there's no excuse for it.
1: Well Again, the thing is, for the record is funny you should mention baker mayfield post-game press conference you talked to aaron andrews after the game and we have audio of it
2: it's inexcusable Uh, you know i don't don't care rivalry or not uh, we can't do that that's that's kind of the history uh, of you know what's been going on here lately hurting yourself and that's just endangering the other team that's inexcusable he knows that um i hope he does now it's just it's tough um We'll see.
4: Mason Rudolph, a friend of yours, my old Garrett, a uh, teammate of yours. What were you saying to your teammates over there to kind of calm everybody down?
3: Uh, I don't think there's anything in that moment that I can really say to calm him down. Uh, you know what? The, the reality is he, he's going to get suspended. Uh, we don't know how long, and that hurts our team. And, and
2: we can't do that. We can't continue to hurt this team. Uh, that's It's inexcusable.
1: He's not wrong, right? I mean, it's it's inexcusable. Um, Mason,
4: Mason Rudolph said after the game, told reporters, "I thought uh, he said he feels fine." By the way, he said I thought it was pretty cowardly in Bush League. I don't know how he survived that because I mean, as you point out, maybe just woke him up after taking the beating he took
1: already. And there's a decent chance your head is caved in if you're not a like, I don't you're look, the doctor. Huh?
2: To add on to Ryan's Mason Rudolph quote, he also said, "Quote: Where did it cross the line when he took my helmet off and used it as a weapon?" <laughs> well,
4: I mean that. By the way, if you do that at a club. You're, you're going to jail, and then you have to explain to the league why you're out drunk at 2 in the morning swinging broken b- beer bottles or whatever. I mean you can't – you obviously can't do that. And that and – as you point out, Brenton, everyone's commenting on it and saying it's terrible, all his teammates and coaches and all that. It was so egregious that everyone except me was hasn't had nothing to say about Marquise Pouncey. Yeah. No one has said one Pouncey. thing about this guy kicking this guy on the, on the ground like, a, like a, a crazy
1: person. Get you a friend like Marquise Pouncey because he came flying in, and he punched – Yes, Breach? Uh, I was going to say, we,
2: well, we should go around the horn and guess Pouncy's suspension, because he's good, definitely going to get suspended, too.
1: I was guessing two games.
4: That's why I thought Sean's she, was a little low. Well, well, I,
3: Breach, Breach, I wasn't saying Breach, it was going to be absolutely. two. I was saying it has to be minimum two, because these guys can't face each other again. So Pouncey's, I think, will be at least two games.
1: Ryan, I wouldn't, if I were you, dare to guess the method or uh process with which the NFL is going to meet out discipline for this. Like, who the <laughs> hell?
4: Is, yeah, asked me, though.
1: I thought Breach breaches like, wrap it up. We're done talking about <laughs> <laughs> See you, guys. Um By the way, uh, let's we'll talk about that real quickly. Here is Freddie uh, Freddie Kitchens talking on uh, CBS Sports HQ, in fact, about the uh, situation. Never beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh in I the can same. Turn day. the volume up, here. Since they've been in 1999,
2: and then we've got to talk about this. So there's 52 other guys in that team on the team that
4: that hurt, and it's going to hurt moving forward. So we don't condone that and it's not going to, uh, Miles understands what he did wrong. All right.
1: He's got to maintain his composure. Just like he had to do at the start of the year. He had to maintain his composure. We got five seconds in the game. I'm sorry, but it's kind of like, you know,
2: he understands.
1: I mean, does he understand? I guess he I, understand.
4: I think he does. I'm watching, as I hear the audio of Friday, I'm watching Miles Garrett walk, walk out the field again. He looks,
1: I mean,
3: he he looks and like he also soul- said, he also said he made a mistake in post-game interview. He said he well, lost his
1: school. In fact, before he was ejected, he was sitting on the bench and he was just sort of sitting there like, it was you know, going through his mind. You know, it's like when you've been caught doing something dumb and you're like, oh man, I am in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so how long do we decide, uh, Pouncey will be suspended? I said two. I, yeah. They, they, they may do the same thing that Sean's talking about too, where it's like, give him, like, I don't think they're going to hammer him. I mean, the dude tried to, went at, went at Mason Rudolph's head. I mean, like, you get your quarterbacks back. Like, I, I just don't think they're going to hammer him for it, but I think they may keep him out too, to avoid any of the parties who are involved in the fight being on the field for Brown Steelers 2.0, which happens in two weeks. I think they about – Oh, go ahead, John.
2: I think Pouncy is suspended four games because who's 66, Ryan, for DeCastro. the Steelers? Castro is the one who is holding Garrett. He's the one who came in. And then Pouncy just came out of nowhere throwing punches. There was no attempt and to kicks. hold Garrett back and kicks. So, I mean, obviously, I think he was the second worst person in this situation. Uh, so my guess would be four games with Pouncy.
4: By the way, um, if you watch the, the video of the Miles Garrett helmet swing, he hits – no. Mason Rudolph with the open-ended part of the, where you put your head into the helmet, so that actually saved Mason a lot of trouble. If it had been the other side of the helmet, the top of the helmet, or whatever, the side of the helmet, that that may have been a different story because he connected
1: pretty well. By the way, here is uh, Mason Rudolph. Just trying to get as much sound in here as possible. It's all, these quotes are awesome. I don't, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know, but I know it's Bush League. I you know he's, you know, total coward move on his part. You know, I get. I, I mean, it's it's okay though. You know, I'll take it. No, I'm not going to back down from any bully out there. So we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. Um by the way, <laughs> Mason Mason Rudolph, I can't believe he's like was let back on the field to take the Steelers last snap.
4: He may have wanted to go out there. It may have been I was thinking I was wondering if they would just walk off the field at that point or if the refs would call the game. John, was the last time officials called the game before it was over?
2: Uh it's funny, it actually happened in Cleveland, Bottlegate, Browns, Jaguars, uh early two thousands, I think two thousand one, two thousand two. And they just yeah, ended yeah. it because the Browns fans started throwing cans and bottles on the field. So they certainly could have done that.
1: Did they end the last Browns home game before they moved early to when the fans were ripping everything out of the stands? Maybe. That was not 99. I they came back in 99. That's right. right.
2: And, and Bottlegate was December 2001.
1: OK, so uh, speaking of Mason Rudolph, he wasn't very good. This is the best thing that happened to him that he
4: didn't get hurt, obviously. But this takes the, the onus off the four interception
1: due to horrific due to performance. Yeah, Uh the game went way under 41 and a half closing the first half under hit. Uh, the Browns covered the minus three easily as soon as they were up 14, nothing. If you were holding, well, I, I would say this like this is why you it's hard to buy into the Browns making some kind of run because they got up 14, nothing and they come out of half and the Steelers are literally crap in their pants every at every turn. And they get the ball, and then Demaryius Randall flies into Deontay Johnson. And Juju Smith-Schuster's already ruled out. James Conner's already ruled out. And they're down to nobody left in the wide receiver position or running back position. Jalen Samuels out there. Mason Rudolph is playing terrible. Uh, he throws the ball to Deontay Johnson. Demaryius Randall comes flying in, and it's a like any. There are all these people I mentioned who are like, "They could have stopped the time for that." It's like, dude, that was a clear cut dirty hit. Looks like Deontay Johnson's bleeding out of his ear. He goes to the sideline. Randall's ejected and there were like seven penalties on that drive alone that got the Steelers in range for a touchdown. They score. And at that point it felt like the Browns were gonna find a way to screw that game up. Anybody else feel that happening?
3: Yeah, I mean the Browns I mean the Browns won the turnover margin four to zero um and this was a one score game deep into the fourth quarter and before the whole fight my takeaway was going to be neither of these teams are going to make the playoffs and i know now i mean the browns are now only a game back of the steelers the steelers are obviously no longer in control of the sixth seed which they were coming into the night um so both of these teams are very much mathematically alive and if you look at you know graphics they're quote in the hunt um and the, i think the raiders are probably now have that sixth seed but my the takeaway from this game is both of these teams are doo do um and this was Probably the best game I've seen from Baker Mayfield this year, maybe, um, outside of their win over Baltimore, and it was still not that great of a performance. I mean, he looks okay, and then you look at the numbers. He averaged six yards per attempt. Um, this was his first three-touchdown game of the season, by the way, including rushing touchdowns. This was only his second two-touchdown game in terms of just passing touchdowns. The last one came last week. So everything the Browns did, I thought, was pretty bad outside of the first half when they actually looked competent in the first half. And then you look at the Steelers. This is the team that can't win if they, if they start trailing in the game, because once they have to start dropping back and throwing the ball, uh, I think Mason Rudolph is right up there with the Mitch Trubisky's and whatnot of, of the worst quarterbacks in football. The second he has to throw the ball downfield that isn't at the sideline. He's a disaster. And I think he's responsible for what I think are two of the worst throws that I've seen this season. I can't remember what interception it was on, on, Thursday night that was that would go down as one of the worst throws but it was one where Shobert is just underneath the in cutting route the entire time and he chucks it right to him so I don't think any of these teams are any good and this was before the fight even I thought this was one of the worst games of the season just in terms of quality and then you add in the ejection of Damaris Randall and then the whole fight happens and this just turns into a nightmare
4: I mean the most boring game of the year suddenly turned into the only thing we'll be talking about all week because of the last five seconds I thought the defense actually did as well as they could given that they were on the field for four thousand snaps um so there's that but yeah Sean's exactly right you can't put the the Steelers coaches don't trust Mason Rudolph and when you're down you have to trust Mason Rudolph and that's what you're gonna get and like you said Brent, everyone's hurt um I don't know what to make of the Browns they're still the same old team they played they beat a one of the worst offensive teams in organized football at any level tonight and All they right, do it
1: I just dug through the rule book real quick, so I knew it was in there. Um, Article 17, use of helmet as a weapon. A player may not use a helmet that is no longer worn by anyone as a weapon to strike, swing at, or throw an opponent. Penalty for illegal use of a helmet as a weapon. Loss of 15 yards and automatic disqualification. Feels like it should be worse than that. Like I don't I don't know what the move is like I don't I, don't, I mean well, I think I, you can do the suspension
4: thing after you eject the person.
1: No, the I know. I just it just feels like when you watch Mason Rudolph, you get the helmet thrown. Look, um, I I wouldn't. I would sort of echo Sean. I think what we saw from Cleveland was again this team has a ton of upside. There are uh, they have Baker Mayfield. Is starting to play better again after not playing very well all season. He's had a decent two games. I think he's going to put together some pretty good games down the stretch, and we'll get excited about 2020 with him. But this team lacks complete and any discipline whatsoever. They cannot get out of their way like this. Like there's no way this team, like you could put this team head to head with the, the Patriots a hundred times out of a hundred, and the Patriots are going to win like out of sheer Competence versus gross incompetence. Like that, this team is. Two, two
4: things I would point out to support your point, and both of them on special teams. Um, the kick, the gun runs out of bounds. He's the first one to touch the ball, and the ball that should have been down inside the five on the punt. Idiotic. It's it's November. Why are you doing that? The ball goes out to the twenties. The Steelers would have been at the three yard line.
2: And to Ryan's point, there were four Browns players surrounding <laughs> the football. Any other one of them could have picked it up, and they let the guy who came from out of bounds pick it up, and so he got flagged for illegal touching.
4: And I think in the fourth quarter, and it may may, may have still been may have still been fourteen to seven. And they were punting it back to the Steelers, and um, the linebacker Taki. the uh, the punt's bouncing towards the end zone around the fifteen yard line, and he picks it up. Let the ball – what are you doing? I mean these are – it's little things. At the end of the day, it didn't matter, but you would – it might always go back to, would a Bill Belichick coach team do something that stupid because it's so simple? No, the answer is no, of course not, but these are the things. It's November, and I don't know what Freddie Kitchens is doing over
3: there. Well, and the worst thing for the Browns might be is if they – I mean I'm not saying they're going to rip off a bunch of wins here, um, but if they did in theory – and say they finished with seven or eight wins, that might be enough for Freddie Kitchens to keep his job. I feel like it's almost at the point where I'm sure Browns fans, they haven't tasted the playoffs since 2002. I'm sure they would take a run at the playoffs over anything else. But I think a priority should be, I don't think you want Kitchens back in year two. And, and obviously Kitchens can learn this is his first year on the job, but I would rather take another losing season and start over because yeah. there are some bigger concerns than just these little mistakes. And it's that Baker Mayfield as, you know, I just read those stats about this was his first two touchdown game and all that. He has not taken a step forward. He has deteriorated a little bit to the point where Lamar Jackson would be the clear if you redrafted that top pick. So I think you kind of just want to reset because this is still a pretty talented team. That's the thing is like, I don't think going into next year, assuming Miles Garrett isn't suspended all of next year, um, I think you would look at them and you could make a playoff type of case if they are more competently run. And so I think that should be the offseason priority. Uh- I mean, it should be, but you also
2: could be a playoff team this year. I mean, look, you're four and six. You have the easiest schedule in the NFL ever because you still play the Dolphins twice, the Bengals, the Cardinals. And as much as we rip Freddie Kitchens, I am literally the president of the ripping Freddie Kitchens fan club. But this was his – the first half was probably his best half of any point all season. I mean, the football gods gave us a gift by putting the Browns at the one-yard line twice in the first half after that nightmare – thing that happened against the Bills where they couldn't score on eight plays, and what he do? He said, hey, I don't have to be stupid and fancy. I'm just going to be simple. They call a Baker Mayfield QB sneak. It works. They call a play that gets Jarvis Landry wide open. It works. If he's smart enough to learn from his mistakes, that doesn't mean he needs to be sticking around next year, but that does mean that they could be better down the stretch, and I think his play calling also made Baker Mayfield look better because they were taking more deep shots in the first half because that first half Browns team the Rams couldn't do this to the Steelers. You know, like the Colts couldn't do this to the Steelers. The Browns did this to the Steelers defense. It's been really good for the past four or five weeks. Uh, so I thought that the first half Browns team looked like a playoff team to me.
1: I've got i I've got a hot take on, on Freddie Outhouse. Zero mm-hmm. percent <laughs> chance he gets fired. You know why? Mm, why? Cause Hugh Jackson went one in 31 over two <laughs> years and didn't get, lose his job. Let,
4: remind me of the chronology. Hugh was there before John Dorsey came, right? Yes. So I think, was there, do you think there's some no. implicit agreement? You can't fire Hugh right away. Cause Hugh was in the ear of Jimmy Haslam.
1: Well, I don't think John Dorsey will want to fire Freddie Kitchens unless there's just a great coach out there. Has he seen the same things we've seen?
3: I mean, th- no, but Brunson brings up a good point. I mean, at the same time, who do you, who is the magic fix? Can you get like, McDaniels? Like, you know what I mean? Like you'd, Shanahan were joking about before when I thought the 49ers were going to be terrible. Like, oh, that'd be a great fit. He's not getting fired. So like, who do you,
4: Sean, don't, re- don't forget, last year this time, maybe in September, he was a quarterback's coach, got promoted to offensive coordinator. He had never called plays before. So it's not like you can't find these. He's Let me put you- it to you this way. Find someone worse than Freddie Kitchens to coach that team. Hugh Jackson. Uh, it's, okay, one more. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying he got is me that, there.
1: All I'm saying is that like, when you have a team like the Jets or the Browns, what they don't want to do is look more like the Jets and Browns. That's why the Jets are like, oh, we are sticking with Adam Gase. We yeah. don't care what happens. And that's even, why they're always terrible. Even if he goes and loses to the Redskins this weekend, like we're not gonna like. In, look, it really might change. They might actually fire him. Who the hell knows? Like he might, you know, give Sam Darnold some other disease that that you usually get in college. Who knows? But like I, you know, like the Browns don't want to fire Freddie Kitchens after one year because it makes them look more like the Browns. Um, anything else from that game that you guys want to add? By the way, why the, uh, the Browns went three of three in the red zone, six to thirteen, eh, six to sixteen. In terms of the uh, third down conversions.
3: Rough night for Breach. All the field goals were missed in this game. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's not Chris Boswell's fault. The
4: um, snapper. The yeah. It, it
2: was Austin Seibert's fault. He had not missed a field goal all year, and he missed both those kicks, one from 44, one from 50. It was like watching uh, the 49ers kicker from Monday night where he kicked it in the tunnel. That yeah. is, <laughs> I, I think that's what uh, our boy Austin Seibert was aiming for. On was- those kicks, they were pretty disastrous.
1: Austin Seibert on my pick-16 fantasy team. <laughs> yeah.
2: you do right? you lose points when he misses a kick that badly? I
1: think so.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, by, but, hey, by the way.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I've got Miles, we got Miles Garrett audio, too. Who's going to play? i going to flex my audio muscles here, Sean. Let you know how this works. The guys who,
0: who jumped in the, the, the little
2: scrum,
1: I appreciate you know, my team having my back, but it just never got to that point that's on me confident
0: how you it is to play the game, kind of game you did, and then to have it all seem to be overshadowed by, by that play. The well, wins to
4: win. I don't think it's overshadowed by and what happens in, in eight seconds. You
1: know, we played a hell a game on defense. Offense came on firing, and uh, we held it down from from there on. And uh,
4: what we uh, what we did on still the field of play for the rest of that game last. So for the first 59 minutes,
1: well, that shouldn't go notes. So, basically, what Miles Garrett said, that one was a little tougher to hear. But he said a win is a win, and he said that everything the Browns did up until the final eight eight seconds or five seconds uh, shouldn't disqualify what happened. Like, like what happened in the final five to eight seconds shouldn't overshadow what the Browns did all game. Unfortunately, Miles, when you strike another man in the head with a f- football helmet. It's gonna happen, and no one's gonna talk about the Browns and the possible win. And now the defense, like Demaryius Randall, probably won't be suspended for that game. Um, but they like they're gonna miss Miles Garrett for a lengthy amount of time, we think. And they lost. How am I drawing a blank on the safety who left? Morgan Burnett is. Thank Achilles you. Morgan Burnett. Like yeah, it sounded like an Achilles injury for Morgan Burnett. I mean, you take away Morgan Burnett and Miles Garrett, eh, it makes your defense worse.
4: Someone – actually, several people on Twitter are pointing out at Baker Mayfield's press conference. He sounded like the Browns' loss, and that's the most Browns thing ever. They uh-huh. go out, win by two touchdowns over the Steelers. The last five seconds, everything goes haywire, and a Browns victory turns <laughs> into a Browns defeat.
3: And, and and by the way, the beginning of this game, the Browns go down and they score a touchdown, and it looks like, oh, my God, they finally found a way to unlock Odell Beckham because I think he had three catches – on that first series, including a 42-yard bomb to the one-yard line, yep. he ended up with four total catches on the game at 60 yards. So he caught one more pass on seven more targets the rest of the
1: game. Oh, I, were- I, yeah, I was going to say too. Um, you know, we had um, we had BMac on the show on um, yesterday on Thursday, right? And he pointed out he was talking to some Steelers guys, and they said that the plan was to double uh, Cooper Cup on every single third down. And it seemed like, I mean, look, they were doubling the Jarvis. The they, right. But like they didn't come out double enough. Like the, the Browns receivers were getting open early and then the Steelers put them on lockdown the rest of the game. Like if they played better defense for the first 20 minutes, or 25 minutes, the Steelers could have easily won that game by some like yeah. you know, 11 to. You're
4: asking a lot of Mason though. I thought the defense was fine in the second half, but.
1: Yeah, but they were already done 14 nothing. That's all I'm saying. What did you think about, um, Breach, Odell Beckham thought he caught a touchdown. Didn't actually get a touchdown. They scored anyway. And then he yawned at Mike Tomlin or appeared to yawn at Mike Tomlin.
2: I don't think yawn was hilarious because I guess Tomlin did that interview over the summer where he was, somebody was asking about how do you feel about Odell being in the AFC North. Tomlin did the yawn. He's like, uh, we face good players all the time. Big deal. So the fact that Odell remembered that interview, here we are five months later, makes this big catch, rubs it in his face. Is kind of funny, but the other thing Sean mentioned, the uh, Odell to Mayfield connection, four receptions, 60 yards. That could have been like seven receptions for 170 yards if these two would have been on the same page, or at least two passes where uh, Odell was wide open downfield, and I don't know if Baker Mayfield made a bad throw, or if Odell ran the wrong route, or if they just Didn't know what each other were doing, uh, but Baker Mayfield just missed him bad on both throws. So, I mean, we're 11 weeks in the season. You have, how are you not on the same page at this point? That I could see that happening week one, week two, week three, uh, but not week 11. So that was a little, a little weird.
4: Um, yeah. And and actually to follow up on Breach, Tory Aikman Aikman kept saying, well, they, they just, he just joined the team. He's been there since the summer. I know.
3: <laughs> and, and also Baker had a big miscommunication with Jarvis too downfield and Jarvis was, did not look happy walking off and Jarvis has been there since last year, obviously. So this isn't like a Odell's new to the team. Like this is a bigger problem than that.
1: I'll give Odell credit for having not exploded yet. Like this is like, like Antonio Brown would have lost his mind on the sidelines. Um, you know, Odell's actually kind of kept it in check pretty well for guys been on the, not on the same page. Very quickly, we'll go to break. Uh, the Browns have, the Dolphins, then they're at the Steelers, Bengals at the Cardinals the next four games. Very winnable games, just pointing it out. Steelers are at the Bengals, then host the Browns, at the Cardinals, then host the Bills. Also, very winnable games, except, yes, John Breach. No. Right, Chef,
2: I have to stat correct myself on one thing. Bottlegate, they did end up finishing the game a half hour later after all the fans had left.
0: It's like a soccer game.
1: All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and do some
0: other stuff. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing and creative legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes
0: on Paramount+. Plus. We'll bring you to the show. Opportunity. Everybody get
1: down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side.
2: Never should have sent a boy to do
0: a woman's job.
1: The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com Plus.com slash the shy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right. Talked about how bad Mason Rudolph was. Couldn't stop reading tweets from Sean Wagner McGough. I think I did too. I don't. Sean J Wagner on Twitter. <laughs> follow him. He literally great, did too. He's a great follow if you like repetitive Star Wars tweets. The uh, I mean, Lorrains ruled. <laughs>
3: The thing is, Ryan is probably drinking out of a Star Wars mug right now, and he's gonna watch that show in like six months. He's just old and he's late to it. How was
1: it? How was it? How was the Mandalorian? It was actually, it was
3: actually very good. A very tight was, forty minutes too.
1: Is that thing you didn't subscribe to CBS uh, All Access for?
3: I am subscribed to CBS All Access.
1: Yeah, because we get it for free. I know.
3: Well, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm subscribed to it.
1: <laughs> um, Colin Kaepernick, you tweeted about it several times. I did look. I know you're mostly joking, but I, I, I don't know. It's not that. It's not that crazy an idea. Um, the teams there are 11 teams. Are there more? Are we, are we up to more now? Those was 11. Anyway, here are the teams who are committed to Saturday. The Cardinals found to see, to go to Colin Kaepernick's workout on Saturday in Atlanta, which will be led by Hugh Jackson with Joe Philbin in attendance there. If you're wondering if the NFL started to submarine Colin Kaepernick, just look at that. Um, you more- know what?
4: It, it would, he would have a better chance of signing with the team. It was actually Hugh Jackman working him out.
1: <laughs> That's the thing you've ever said. Uh, low bar, low bar, uh, 14 teams, the Cardinals, Falcons, Browns, Broncos, Lions, Dolphins, Patriots, Redskins, Jets, Giants, Buccaneers, Cowboys, 49ers, and the Seahawks. Um, Sean, should the Steelers send some somebody?
3: Yeah, I don't understand why all 32 teams aren't sending someone. Like, why not get more information about a player who used to be really good? Like, I just – I'm not saying all 32 teams should sign him, and a lot of those teams that you listed aren't teams that need a quarterback. Like, the Seahawks don't need a quarterback. Patriots are on that
1: list, right? Also, oh, the but, Seahawks had him in before and worked it Right, out. right.
3: The, the Patriots are on that list, right? Yeah. I think it was Ben Volen of the Boston Globe posted a really good idea. It's like, what if the Patriots sign him and use him as Lamar Jackson type of prep and practice? Like, I just don't understand why all 32 teams aren't going to look. What is the downside of looking? And it's probably that they don't want some sort of PR backlash from segments of the fan base.
4: And why, but Sean, the, the bigger question is why is this happening in the middle of November? And if an NFL team typically wants to bring in a player, they bring them in. It, it's like, it's a, it's a dog and pony show.
3: Right. And the fact that Kaepernick was told like a few days before the workout and when he wanted to have it on Tuesday and he wanted it on a Tuesday and they said no. Uh, So, yes, those parts are certainly suspicious and odd.
2: So I will say what NFL media reported about the workout period is that multiple teams were saying we want to see if he's ready to play but we don't want to bring him in for a workout. And the NFL was like, well, if you want to see him play, then you need to bring him in for a workout. And they were like, no, because I guess they're afraid of backlash.
1: Well, they are like, so, hey, listen, you you blackballed like, like you, we can't bring him in. Our fans will freak out. It's not worth it. Right, right.
2: So then the league apparently felt eventually felt bad and said, all right, fine. Enough teams want to see him that we need to set something up. And the other thing with the Tuesday to Saturday thing is that they are having this at a team facility. It's at the Falcons facility. And that I think, I guess the league felt that there isn't a team that would want to open up their facility during a work week because every team's traveling on Saturday or staying in a hotel. Uh, they're out of the facility. People are in there Tuesday. And so then you're going to have all these teams in your practice facility while you're trying to game plan, while you're trying to figure out, uh, what's going on the following week. Why don't you and, have a
4: high school field in?
2: Well, I, I mean, you could, but. Probably doesn't have or as Hugh nice. So he's not as nice.
4: Yeah, Hugh Jackson's backyard is a nice house.
2: And then as our guy Jonathan Jones mentioned, also a third part here that Saturday, Tuesday might not be that big of a difference, is no matter what day you hold it in season, you're not gonna get all thirty-two coaches and GMs. You're not even gonna get half of them there unless you do this in the off season. So the day of the week kind of doesn't matter as long as it's not on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday.
1: Right. Like can you imagine if, if like uh if they're like, yeah, we're gonna do it on uh Tuesday in Philadelphia at the Eagles facility, Bill Belichick's like, that's cool. We're bringing everybody we've got. <laughs> the entire organization showing up. And we're, <laughs> filming, and we're filming it. Don't we're worry. worry. We're, we're filming. We're workout if you, if you don't mind. No, Doug, go ahead. Do whatever your thing is. Don't worry about it, buddy. Go ahead. Just don't mind me with this 16 different high def like lenses. No, um, Bill
4: Belichick's bringing the old school VHR, VHS <laughs> over the shoulder camera. He doesn't care.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, I, I just, the whole thing is just, and I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised anymore when the NFL bungles a PR thing because they do it like everything. Right. It's, it's always bungled. It's
4: by always- the way, um, Mike Sando of the Athletic talked to an NFL exec who said, "quote It's a sham. It's embarrassing, and it's backfiring because it's not genu- genuine on the league's part." T- talking about the Saturday last minute,
1: uh, well, caverns, it's like if, if you were trying to do it like that. I, so here's the thing, if the NFL, one one of two things is happening. Either the teams are asking for it, as Breach pointed out, which I think makes more sense, or the NFL is feels bad or is worried about some legal issue with it, and they're trying or the to settle it. Yeah, but like if your lawyers didn't include any and all future, current and future collision like claims, then you're then you should all be fired and shot to the moon. You're a fourteen billion dollar organization. Like you can't screw that up. You know.
4: Yeah, I'm just reading some other quotes. He talked to three or four different execs, and they all basically said the same thing. One said, I can't figure it out. People are right. wondering why.
1: But, I mean, like, so the league, if the league is trying to cover its own ass, why would it – you would. You should be genuine about it and be like, Colin, we would love to have you in on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Teams can come in at their leisure and check it out. Like, you don't be like, you have two hours to accept this deal. Take it or you're out. Come to Atlanta this Saturday. Like, also,
3: some- not letting – I believe media is not allowed to be there as well. Right. Yeah. And it seems say, really silly.
2: What Brinson says here makes the most sense because on one hand, you like the NFL has never done this for a player. So there it does seem like as much as people are bashing it as a PR stunt, as a sham, there does seem like a twinge of goodwill. But if you wanted to go full goodwill instead of making that demand that, hey, you have two hours to accept this or it's off – you call up his camp and you say, "Hey, we want to give you a private workout where all the teams are attend. What date works for you? What time works for you? What city works for you?" And you like turn it into a negotiation and then announce it together with Kaepernick's camp. Don't like tell him you have to do this or you're not doing it. So that I think that was where they blew it. If they would have just worked this out together, uh, the NFL would actually look really smart. So whoever's running the NFL's PR right now, this whole Kaepernick thing, that's uh, that's a whiff.
4: By the way. Yeah, don't forget, this is the same operation and presumably the same PR people. Because if this is not a different PR person, then they have real issues. <laughs> that once the flag controversy died down four or five months, they introduced a new flag policy in the middle of the summer. <laughs> and everyone's like, "What are you? What are you doing? Where did this come from?" And they had to backtrack, uh, moonwalk <laughs> faster than than John Breach does on a Saturday night.
1: The same group of people that were like, "You know what, Ray, Ray Rice? Yeah, we can't find the video. Let's just give him two games. Nothing worse can happen." And then the video pops up. They're like. Get Goodell out there right now and have Rachel Nichols grilling publicly. Let's do th- I mean, like, everything they do is so ham fisted and, um, it's frustrating. Uh,
2: but they're always so reactive instead of proactive.
1: Of course, yeah. And, like, and that's the thing is, like, th- this whole Kaepernick stuff had completely died down.
3: Right. That's I'm what, so that's why I can't understand why it'd be like a PR sent by the NFL yeah. because. The time to do it. This isn't 2017 anymore, when this is a topic whenever some backup quarterback is signed. No one has talked about Kaepernick for the most part since the settlement, and they just opened them, themselves up to a whole can of worms now, where everyone is criticizing for the way that
4: Did you they. hear run what I into- just said about the flag controversy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're just like, making stuff up.
1: But do you know what you could have done in 2017 to get rid of the collusion lawsuit? This. If you'd done this, he yeah. wouldn't have had a collusion lawsuit. You would have been openly inviting every single NFL team to sign but him. Then,
3: but then maybe nobody would have showed up.
1: Well, that, that's that, not
3: look, the NFL's problem.
1: Yeah. But then the NFL's like, look, hey, my foes get down here. I'll have to watch Colin Kaepernick and you know, if, you, if you sign him, it's great. If not, yeah, whatever. Like, we don't we can care. Our, we can wash our hands of it and move
4: on. But here we are three years later wondering, like, was this on the bottom of the to do list and they just found it? Like, oh, by the way, we got to do this before fiscal year
1: 2021. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's sort of weave into the, into the, let's weave it into the, let's bring it into the conversation. Um, a five star review from Hawkslack6631. Cause he, this is, see, we can do this guys, not you guys, but listeners. If you send us a, uh, if you leave us a five star review and it's, it's like relatively timely, we'll weave it into the podcast. He asked, I'm curious who you guys think will go after Kaepernick if his workout goes well. Would the bears be interested since they don't have a first round pick and wait for it. Trubisky is so stinky.
3: Yeah, I was actually going to say um, before we moved on to the reviews that the Bears are not one of the 11 teams listed, and I think it is complete malpractice on the point of the Bears front office and Ryan Pace because this screams like the perfect – I'm not saying they have to go sign him. I'm not saying like, oh, they could sign him right now and he'd be able to start because he hasn't played in a few years, obviously, and it's the middle of the season. They have to learn a new offense. But when you're a team that has a terrible quarterback situation – and no first-round pick to draft a quarterback, and not to mention you have a lot of money tied up to a lot of defensive players like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, and you have a lot of young defensive players who are going to need extensions soon. Ryan Pace needs some sort of, like, miracle. Like, he needs to draft a gardner Minshew type of quarterback late in the draft, which, you know, it's like going to the lottery and buying a ticket. It's probably not going to happen. Or he needs to get lucky in free agency and buy someone at a really low cost. And Kaepernick is not going to cost a lot of money. Because not many teams are, or if any is going to want to sign him. And it, I'm not saying he's a sure thing. He hasn't played in a long time. And at the end of his career, he certainly was not as productive as he was in the first few years, but it just, it seems like malpractice to not go investigate at this point, at this point in the season. And I know the Bears might be thinking, Oh, we'll trade for Cam in the offseason. We'll trade for Dalton. We'll sign whoever Mariota or whoever. D- guess what? That's in March. That has to wait till March. You don't have them right now. Right now you have. Mitchell Trubisky and Chase Daniel, you have to go look at every single option. This opportunity has presented itself. Go look. And the fact that they're not doing that, I think, is just complete malpractice. Sean. Wow.
1: That's good. uh, Well this
3: is this is the first time since the Kaepernick stuff has started that the Bears have like needed him or like could use him because you know i mean yes when they signed glennon and whatnot but at least they drafted trubisky and you knew okay they have a young guy that they think really highly of this is the first time that it actually makes sense for the team i root for to actually go bring in kaepernick and the fact that they're not even willing to look that's malpractice. That is just pure. Thing. From the, I mean, the nerve of Ryan Pace to trade up one spot for Mitchell Trubisky. But if the team at number two takes Trubisky, you can take Watson or Mahomes and then nerve him to trade up for that. And then years later, trade up for a running back when you have no draft picks because you already traded for Khalil Mack to suddenly say, oh, you know what? That Kaepernick guy who's not going to cost much money. Yeah, I'm not interested. I don't need to look at him. Come on, man. You need to look at everybody.
1: But Sean, what you aren't thinking about is Ryan Pace's master plan. Don't you remember the Sun Bowl? Trubisky versus Stanford. Solomon Thomas, the other guy that was drafted by the 49ers when they traded down, he showed up in a mustache and a fake mustache and a hat. And he sat in the stands and he watched Trubisky and he acted like he wasn't there. Like he didn't even bought a ticket. He didn't even go for the media. Is this a true story? Yes. Actually, it was sunglasses, not a mustache. But like he wore a disguise to the Sun Bowl. The effing Sun Bowl. I know it's on CBS, so I don't want to bash it because like it's one of our few bowl games. But it's, like no one wants to. it's in El Paso, Texas, on like December twenty second at two 2- P. No one wants to go to the freaking Sun Bowl, okay? If you go to the Sun Bowl, it's because you're like 17th in the ACC. Carolina sucked that year. They went, they played Stanford, and Ryan Pace wore a disguise so no one would know how much he loved Mitch Trubisky. So maybe he's going to show up in a mustache and a top hat at Colin Kaepernick's workout in Atlanta and Mr. stun everybody. <laughs> yes, yeah, with a, with a little monocle. <laughs> uh Ryan, is that you? No, this is Mr. Peanut. Like, like what do you like? Come on. Do you see my big peanut mobile? That's how I got here.
3: <laughs> what he's gonna do is he's gonna end up overpaying in the trade market for some other quarterback, whether it's a Cam Newton. I look, I love Cam, but I don't think I would not be willing to Cam give up a high draft pick for him. For, Cam says yeah, play yeah. for the Bears too, and I would love Cam Newton on the Bears, but I don't want to give up draft picks for a guy who might not be healthy. And like, frankly, we haven't seen Cam Newton healthy in a long time. And the Bears don't have draft picks; they should not be giving up more draft picks for quarterbacks who might not be the solution. They, they need to get a cheap, undervalued option who has a higher ceiling. That is exactly what Colin Kaepernick is.
1: Um, By the way, this is just saw this tweeted. I can't stop giggling at it. Roto-World's headline for, uh, like, Roto-Pat Roto, already, Roto-Pat, Roto, is like, entered a new level of, like, headline writing. This is Mason Rudolph's player update on Roto-World. Ghastly Rudolph tosses four INTs gets assaulted. <laughs> uh, uh, he was calling, um, Trubisky Midwest Bortles or something. That's pretty good too. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Sean, would you, re- or well, Ryan, we don't want to hear Sean. Uh, not, not, no, we don't want to hear you, Sean, but you know, don't want to, you know, trying to pass it It's off. fine.
3: I get it. C- keep going.
1: Ryan, what's a better, what would be a better move to sign Colin Kaepernick now or to trade for Cam Newton in the offseason for the Bears? Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, for the Bears, signing Kyle Kaepernick now doesn't do anything for you. You're not going to start him. You're not going to start him in two weeks, though, are you? I mean, he hasn't played since 2016. I think if Cam's health, healthy, I guess you try. you, you can't sign him. You got to trade for him because he's still under contract. He has one more year to go, and he's certainly an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. But I think everybody except Mason Rudolph is an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky at some level. I mean, I would even kick around the idea of, of trading for um, Gardner Minshew.
3: Like, I'm not even joking. Like a
1: third sure. or fourth round pick or something? Yes. Do they even have third round picks? Give the Raiders, we'll give you the Raiders second round pick for Gardner I
3: would take Gardner Minshew you know, and I repeat, over Nick Foles. Yeah, 100%. It'll be cheaper and rookie deal,
4: and he, he's only going to get better.
1: Um, I'm guessing that they wouldn't do that, but I, I don't hate the idea.
2: But uh, here's the thing with the Bears real quick. You could just sign Kaepernick for the rest of this season as just like a tryout. You, like Trubisky, you already know what you have with him. He's not taking you anywhere. You guys aren't going to the playoffs with Trubisky. Bring in Kaepernick. Let him finish the season. That's good for him because then he would be open to signing with another team in March uh, when he's a free agent, and that's good for if he does well with the Bears. I don't think he could be any worse than Trubisky. So if he plays well with the Bears, then it's just like, all right, well, that, I, that would be good for both teams.
1: I think the Cam thing is interesting because uh, Ian like, you know, Rappaport reported that he would have interest in going, I and mean, it, it would make sense. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. I don't know that he's going to. I don't. I don't know that the maybe. The, maybe the Bears have enough picks to trade for Cam. I don't know. Well,
3: what would it costs? Because his health obviously is going to factor in here.
1: Yeah, but like, well, but that's the thing is if, he, if he's healthy enough to trade, then I think the Panthers will want to have him on the roster. You know what I mean? Like if he's if he's healthy enough there, like why would you trade him to the Bears for a fifth round pick and just go with Kyle Allen? Unless you just want to get rid of him, and if you can get him to play one more year, I and mean he's a it's a if a healthy Cam is a really valuable asset with one year. Right. I, like would,
3: I mean,
1: it's, I, it's like it's like Andy Andy Dalton without all the suck. That's what not are funny. the chances
4: Cam's healthy next year? <laughs>
3: uh, See, that's the thing. That's like. That's that's the risk in it all. And then with the team, that's so short on draft picks because they've wasted and threw them away so willingly. I mean, look, r- the Bears entered the last draft with like five draft picks and they traded up for a running back. I mean, that tells you all you need to know.
1: All right, Breach, give us a 90 second update on the newest details of the collective bargaining agreement. Go. Uh
2: Well, we got the Washington Post saying that it is close to being done. So maybe around the Super Bowl. Biggest things, it looks like 17-game regular season, probably 70 80% going to happen. Uh, and expanding the playoffs to 14 teams, which is big because then maybe the Bengals or the Steelers or the Bears could make it one day. Uh, but here's the thing. If they do expand it to 14 teams, that completely – changes the format because now you only have one team in each conference that gets a buy. You have six teams playing in each conference at wildcard weekend. So you have six games wild card weekend instead of four. Uh and so it completely changes the format because only one team gets a buy. And that, that is just uh kind of insane if you think about it. And then obviously more no details that we know about what the seventeenth game would be, maybe a neutral site game. That's what Packers president Mark Murphy said in July. That would be cool, but that's your update.
4: Uh, Peter Schrager, Fox Sports and NFL Network, actually said before the game that it would be 9 and 8 home and away, obviously, because that's the math. And you would alternate years on home games 9 1 year, 8 the next, and, unless you go to London as one of your home games. So that's the possibility. And also, three preseason games now. The extra week is for the 17th regular season game.
1: So double buys or not double buys? But Schrager didn't
4: mention that. I don't know if John heard it.
2: Yeah, that has not been. I think they're still trying to fill that up because it feels like if you're only adding one game, I would think the NFL does not want to do double buys. I think the players might argue for it, but the NFL is like, we'll give you a half percent more in revenues. Cause that's what this is all about is how much revenue the players can get. Then I'm sure. 90 player, seconds. Well, Ryan <laughs> talked. My, then my 90 seconds, they reset.
4: So anyway, I think it's sexy if,
2: indeed. If if, <laughs> if, if the NFL does things like, Hey, you know, we'll throw the marijuana policy out, we'll give you guys a little bit more revenue. I think the players would agree to anything. So it's just. That.
1: Remember too, you said six, six teams, like two extra games on Wild Card Weekend. That is a ton of extra revenue.
4: Right. One more thing, as since we're going over ninety seconds just barely. Uh, <laughs> Albert Breer tweeted about this on Thursday. They're talking about Presidents' Weekend as possibly a, a landing spot for the, the Super Bowl, which goes into the Dubai conversation. But you're shaking your head.
1: What, uh, what am I shaking my head about? I don't know. You were shaking, shaking my it. head about these lunatics trying to get us all divorced by right. running the Super Bowl right through Valentine's Day. Have you February
4: 17th, is when I, this year.
1: mind? Have you lost your freaking mind? You're going to say every one of us, actually, they don't have to worry about Valentine's Day, but come on, bro. Like we're going to get killed for this. Are you kidding me?
4: So yeah, it would be the Super Bowl. I think the next week would have to be the combine. And then, you know,
1: mm.
4: right on into or, the,
1: or you know what they might actually do. They might actually push back the whole off season two weeks.
2: That's very – real. oh, my gosh.
1: But then, then all of a sudden you're right into June. And, and then move
2: the draft to May.
1: It the one year,
2: right? Yeah, I
1: could see that. Move the draft entirely to May. Then you move – we're at nine minutes now. Uh, then you move no, – I'm just kidding. Um, then you move free agency. So you move free agency back to April, move the draft back to May, and then you're basically into June, and you you end up with like three or four weeks off where they're not talking about football during the NBA finals. I mean, this is going to suck. But what I mean, you know what we talk about football for a living. It's fine. It'll make doing a daily podcast 365 days a year much easier. Um, and I will say this sure Ryan won't be able to take his three vacations anymore, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Once the off season comes,
4: I can't wait for the off season, not because I don't love football, which I do. It's that I'm not up at 1 a.m. waiting for Brinson to, to start the podcast. So this will be, I'll do as many podcasts as you want from regular business hours.
2: And the reason the season would go in the president's day is because Roger Goodell did say in October that will not start the regular season any earlier. It's always going to start the Thursday after Labor Day. So that is non negotiable. So that's why any buy or any added regular season games
1: so what? would the preseason, would there be an extra week in between the preseason and regular season or would the, pre, would the preseason start a week later?
2: I think the preseason would start a week later or they okay. would let training camp start at the same time and you could do like an inter squad scrimmage or do Patriots Texans, you know, like invite a team over, uh, Brown over. Steelers. Browns Steelers needs to happen. And, uh, good news for everyone. If. The season gets extended. The first Valentine's Day Super Bowl wouldn't happen until 2027. Sean might even be married by then. So
1: no way. We don't have anything to worry about.
3: You guys are gonna take so, over-enders on it.
1: You said it might, it might not happen by when? Twenty what? Twenty seven. Yeah. Twenty if, I, if I'm
3: sitting here still talking to you I guys, single. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess the
4: question is, who will be married in the
3: yeah. <laughs> My second marriage. I might be the only one married. Yeah, yeah. you might be. I'll be living with Sean. <laughs> By the way, how 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 long was no? How long was this segment on the CBA? It was uh, supposed to be ninety seconds.
1: One hundred and eighty seconds.
3: We are the Andy Reid podcast. We do some great stuff. Terrible clock management.
1: Do <laughs> you know what I would counter? Debo at no point was like enough, enough, enough. I mean, that was a good, good. good we point. love. Hey, we love Andy Reid. Andy Reid's great. Um, Danny Dimes filed a trademark for, or D- Daniel Jones filed a trademark for Danny Dimes. <laughs> What uh what are the best? I think this is a sort of like a five star question. So we'll dive into it. This is where we're going to do five star Apple Podcast reviews. I said uh Ryan. No, uh, breach. I'll start with you. Best NFL nicknames
2: ever? Yes. Or currently in the league? Because I can't think of anyone's ones there. I think my two favorite ever are. It's fine. The Nigerian Nightmare, Not Christian nightmare. Okoye, uh, and number two is the Galloping Ghost Red Grange. Those are my two favorite. And my dad's nickname.
4: What was that? Your dad's nickname.
2: I don't know. He didn't have one. The Stash. The Stash.
1: Okay, uh, what you got Sean? I presume-
3: uh, I think okay. my, no, I think my favorite is Beast Mode. That's a good one. And it led to a, a company as well, obviously. What's that called? No one laughed at his joke. Ah, <laughs> uh, Breach. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're, now we're really clear on who giggles like a seven year old. It is, yeah. in fact, Breach. Uh,
1: Ryan, yeah, somebody was mad about that. Ryan, what's your, uh, what's your favorite? I, like John, have two of them. Uh, one is
4: underrated, but, uh, I used to love this player. Uh, the joystick. You guys remember Dante Hall,
1: the kick returner? Hunter Hunter the Hunter Hunter the Chiefs? The Chiefs? Oh, yeah. The human joystick. But yes, of course I remember Dante Hall.
4: And also, and this is probably the best one ever that no one's ever heard. Tommy Gunn is automatics. Tommy Maddox.
2: Oh my God. Oh my God. XFL MVP. Tommy Gunn Maddox. Uh, I got one more after Brinson.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I think that, um, one of the things that we sort of miss out on in modern NFL, like it's trying to, you got to be like, it's like cool modern names. I liked like no, like no reason like ridiculous. Like we remember we talked about get people were nicknamed Mouse way back in the day. Um, Crazy Legs, I think, is a great nickname. <laughs> like, oh, Crazy Legs. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I would go with Megatron. I'd love that's Megatron. A good one. I love yeah, that's a good one. Megatron is a nickname. And uh also, while we're here on Megatron, Kenny Galladay is Babytron, which is pretty good too.
2: And while Brinson's talking about Megatron, my favorite current nickname is Legatron, Greg Zerline. Mm. It's a great. great nickname for a
1: kicker, Legatron. What's What's better, individual nicknames or or like team nicknames, like the Steel Curtain?
4: Yeah, I mean, the Legion of Doom, that's sort of goofy. Steel Card sort of goofy, too. I think individual nicknames is more of a...
1: You know what? I don't, I don't like... I
3: don't the Nicknames for fan bases. I hate those. The twelves. Like, I hate stuff like that. People in Seattle uh, someone's gonna get mad at me. But people in Seattle, like my sister who has one of these jerseys, who have like the Seahawks jersey with 12 and fan on the back. Like, come on, get get a real jersey. That's not a real jersey.
2: Oh my god, Sean. I cannot can you cut that, Debo, and can I tweet that out
3: tomorrow morning? It's and the tag worst jersey in football. Uh, oh my god, keep, going, keep they, going. They retired number twelve under fan. Are you kidding me? Someone can't wear 12 because you gave it to you. Fan?
2: Your sister
3: Was that a horrible decision by the organization, Sean? Yes, yes. I mean.
1: Look at Demos' grin. He's writing down the. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to tell Social about this one. You know what?
3: That's fine. I'm very on the record about
1: that. Sacrifice the little child <laughs> for the greater good. Uh, I didn't. I'd forgotten that the 2011 Texans were nicknamed Bulls on Parade. What? What yeah. year did they win? The, they wear the
4: Letterman jackets. They t- warmed to New England and got their oh, asses kicked. 2011,
1: um, I think. Uh, I remember the Bulls on break because they beat the Bengals in the playoffs. That's right. Remember when JJ uh, Watt intercepted Andy Dalton on a pick? And,
2: as a pick six. Yeah, I remember Brenton?
1: Uh, that was the first time that Andy Dalton never lost a playoff game.
2: But, That's because oh, it was his rookie but, year. I
1: know. I know. I know. Um, Cardiac Cats is pretty good. Like those are always fun.
4: The New York sack exchange. Oh, that was, that's actually a good group nickname.
1: New York Sack Exchange is really good. Yeah. Uh, Monsters of the Midway was awesome. We're all just reading through this Wikipedia page. Dirty Birds. Uh,
3: that's right. You know what was a good nickname for oh, my the, God.
1: the greatest oh, wait, show on wait. turf? Wait, have you seen this one? The, um, I swear to God, Prisco came up with this one. The, uh, the, the Jets defensive line with, and granted, they sucked, but still a good nickname. Muhammad Wilkerson, Damon Harrison, and Sheldon Richardson were the sons of anarchy. But now it's saying fans named it. I swear Pete came up with that name. All right. Nobody seems to believe that.
2: Yeah, we'll it's, have to talk to Pete. Purple People Eaters, that's a classic. That's a good one, too, yeah.
1: yeah purple Eaters is good. All right, uh, a couple more five-star reviews, and we will get out of here. Uh JC, by the way, look, I got, look, if you're still listening to this podcast, you're a hardcore listener. These reviews lately have been awesome. They are hilarious. Yes. I can't, like, I, I'm going to, ch- I might, if I, if I wasn't disrespectful to Jimmy V, I would change my Twitter header to this guy is on drugs. Um, cause I'm always chipper eight days a week, Ryan. Oh, right. Yeah. JC NYC 22. Question for Ryan. What did you have to, what did you, what did you do to have CBS punish you with this assignment? You sound like an adult who got sent to the kids' table at Thanksgiving <laughs> and a group of five-year-olds to stop throwing food. <laughs>
4: that is actually pretty funny. The great irony is that uh, I got kicked off the podcast, quote-unquote. They went in another direction four years ago, <laughs> and I was actually sort of bummed out about it, and they brought me back, and I thought that was a good thing. I actually liked it in the podcast. I think I've said that before. And I think we talked about this. I think uh, Sean and John are tied for second. Most mature, yeah. We talked about this, and then Brenton's definitely the most immature, yeah, and yeah. Debo's the most mature.
1: Yeah, and he's the um, youngest, ironically. But no, right what right. did you what did you do to deserve this? What did you do? Work hard, play well. Yeah, worked hard. <laughs> exactly.
3: I worked so that's the lesson here. No one worked hard. Here we are.
1: Yeah. No,
4: I like in the podcast. Although right. hopefully this year the Super Bowl we won't be doing it in Brinson's room with a bottle of a forty dollar bottle of wine that's worth eight dollars at three in the morning. Hopefully we'll have a better setup than that.
1: I thought it was a pretty good setup. The problem was after we finished the podcast We did we, we did we try to go drinking post podcast?
4: No, it was four in the morning. I had a flight early the next morning. Yeah,
2: flight. no, we didn't. We went back to the hotel. you guys were set up in the room and the and the person, the clerk at the front of the hotel, I won't name it, because I want to get him in trouble. They felt guilty, uh, because we had tried to get a drink and uh they were like, I'll sell you a bottle of wine. It's like 3 a.m. No one sells wine at 3 a.m. And I was like, okay, sure. But they are like, it's $45. So you're welcome, Brinson and Ryan. Well, remember, Thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, no, we were trying to go get drinks with Hassel, right, Chris Hassel? That was the night before.
4: It was? <laughs> oh, maybe. No, it must not have been. That was after the Super Bowl, but it was before we did the podcast. Yeah. We should probably quit talking about that part.
1: <laughs> yeah, then we wander some like sketchy bars. We're like, you know what? Maybe we should just go do the podcast back in the bar. Um, anyway, last one. Ooh. Mike C six four six four. I wonder if he's a super, uh Nintendo sixty four fan. Said um Which Superfriend superlatives, which super friend is the smartest? Most so these are different <laughs> questions. He's not asking You know, he's not mentioning all my best traits. He's, which super friend is the smartest? Which super friend is the most athletic? Which super friend is the best dressed, best cook, nicest and funniest? Love the podcast and everyone on it. So now the question is, is he asking us to name which one of those we all are, or does he want superlatives for all, all four of us? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think
3: we're, who is the smartest we pick?
1: Who is so the like so somebody
3: theoretically, the question. as someone to figure out the question, I think I'm the smartest or I'm at least smarter than Brinson.
4: You're terrible at math though. You admit that. Yes.
3: We're all so pretty you, bad though. I've seen breach count with his fingers on this podcast. What? Don't
1: bring breach down with you. You're bad at math. Own it. Okay, nerd. I'm sorry. Thank I you. I think that count my smartest.
2: threes is field goals. That's,
1: that's hard. Smartest, nerdiest is not smartest, pal. Okay. My IQ is 185. Next, let <laughs> all. We should just all take the wonder lick.
3: I got a 56
1: in the ACT. Suck it, nerds. You get a 12 in ACT. I wouldn't brag about that.
3: Six, we we 30. could just look at where we went to college and see how high they rank, and then that would be the winner.
1: Some of us don't have parents and just cough up cash to send us where we want.
3: I went to Miami of Ohio, which I'd like sure. to give a shout out to because they won the MAC
2: East Division, the first college D1 team to clinch a division
1: title and they won because buffalo peed down their leg (laughs) buffalo was about to punch to go up 21 points and somehow lost the game allowing three touchdowns in three minutes unbelievable don't be happy Uh, for john what do you all right fine sean's the smartest whatever sean is not
4: the smartest
2: no we're not giving him that (laughs) no i i think think
3: you know what you know what no i'll vote ryan i think it's ryan Okay, no, right. You're
4: out. You're overruled, Brinson. I'm the smartest. haha yeah. Next.
3: He, he knows more about math, I feel like.
1: Who is the we've already covered this most athletic, obviously still Ryan. Um Who is the best dresser?
4: See, this not will be me. interesting because Brinson's a different type of dresser like he is a different type. No, of no. You're like you dress like you're going to the yacht club. And that's that's, <laughs> that's the truth. I'm not joking. Right. Like I You think, wear moccasins, no socks. Yeah. You wear like sweaters and, and
1: button ups. I think, I, I'm winning, think, I think I'm winning best dresser. Let's give my, I'll give you that.
3: Brenton would be mad if he did not win, so we got yeah, to we'll go. give him that. I don't I care. Mean, I just wear what I wear. Your I, mean, best I feel like I me and Sean
2: wear most... athletic clothes 90% of the time, and Brenton doesn't wear not wear athletic clothes. He's always wearing nice stuff. So I've never seen Brenton not wear nice stuff. Do you work out in loafers?
1: <laughs> yeah, obviously. I work out loafers. I'll I'll I'm, usually, I'm usually walking around in, like, a T-shirt. My wife thinks I have – She's like she's been trying to get me to get rid of my gray t-shirts for years. I
4: just, t-shirt and literally no pants, like no underwear, <laughs> nothing. It's a t-shirt. Uh,
1: I believe we covered best cook previously. Who got it? We didn't. That's the
3: thing. We actually we just went around talking about what we like to cook. I'm not the best.
1: Ryan has one. He's a one-trick pony. With one-trick that, pony. That avocado. Uh, By the way, the more
3: pineapple. There's a lot going on. Mayonnaise. I forgot the, right, no,
1: yeah, yeah, I the more Yeah. I think about it the more I think it might be gross. <laughs> I'll make it for you. You can you can be the ultimate judge. Um. So it's probably either me or Sean. I'll, I'll give it to Sean. Whatever.
3: I just feel like I cook the most. So. All
1: right. You get a quantity over quality, but you still get it. Oh, this is a hard one. Who's the nicest? I think it's Breach. Uh, It's Devo. You jerk. Well, he, yeah, but I mean, he's
4: not on the the, Debo
3: the list. Are you crazy? What are you? What are you God, well, Debo's
4: probably the smartest, the most athletic as well.
3: I want to, <laughs> I yes. want to point out that you heard me on the telethon handle a prank caller. Oh, that's right, The most polite way possible.
4: I, yeah, I think it's between Sean and Breach. I, Wait, I, I might give the, Breach a slide. I had I out.
3: had someone prank call and I wasn't on the set, but I was I was like on the telethon portion. I was looking at the set with it was like Danny Cannell, Prisco, and all those guys. And the caller, instead of asking for fantasy advice, told me, "Can you walk up to the guy wearing the gold chain, which was Danny Cannell? It was an '80s name, uh, and tell him that he's ugly, and same with like the bald guy next to him." <laughs> <laughs> and because I used to be a canvasser back in the day and that's my summer job in college, so I'd have to talk to strangers on the street and you you're wearing the company's clothing, so you can't like yell at people. You have to just be nice. You're always programmed to just be like, All right, have a nice day. And so that's what I said and <laughs> I hung up on him after I said that. And Ryan like looked at me and was like, What do you like, I can't believe that's how you handled it. I would have yelled yeah, at that.
1: Uh, I guess, uh, uh the last one the last one is Who's most likely to take a superlative and te- use it to tell a boring story about themselves? <laughs> I was cute. wondering why you were rushing my, my, through that.
3: My, my buddy Zeke and I had a, had a Oh,
1: look at that. Sean's got a southern
4: accent. Sean, you lose the nicest competition, <laughs> just, though. He tricked you. You
1: went from, you went from nicest. To you That's lost right. your
3: nicest
4: title pretty quick. So Breach wins. I get Breach a Slight Edge because he doesn't curse.
1: What about this one? Most likely to kick Debo off the boat. When, when, it's, and take the award himself. Uh, Ryan, you get that one because you refuse to give Debo nicest. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's a weird flex, but okay.
3: <laughs> Definitely Brenton, though, because he will take yeah, credit for the rundown when it's Debo's rundown. Yeah.
1: Debo goes off the boat, the boat's sinking, and I'm out too. <laughs>
4: yeah, there, are, I, I won't even mention this person's name, but it was at the Super Bowl in San Francisco, and it was a new hire, and we were all going to, going to dinner, and, uh, the new person wanted to go get sushi, and Brenton's uh, like, Peace out. See us. He left us. He went to go eat dinner with this guy. We were left to fend for ourselves. So it's obviously Brinson. (laughs) You remember that, right?
1: Weird flex, but okay. Yes, of course I remember that. Yeah. Um, Funniest. Mm. I think actually. We're probably all funny in different ways.
2: I agree with that. And and in different formats, also different formats. Devo, who's the funniest? Ty.
4: That's what yeah. uh, he is make a great husband. He's the nicest guy here. <laughs> I deal with Brinson a lot, so sometimes he makes me laugh, I think, intentionally, sometimes are unintentional, but that's just that's him.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Diva spends way too much time with me. <laughs> like like, like, like I'm, to I'm, listening
3: to your voice. Like think about how often he's had had your voice <sighs> in his ear. Like stuff of nightmares.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Live and then when he has to go through the I
3: fireworks. really
1: do think I really do think the um the guy was asking, like, give your superlatives for each person though. So like do you okay. have a superlative? like like you know, you you, you target each person. like instead of like having a Yeah,
3: Fred's per- not the smartest.
1: It's a pretty clear <laughs> a what are you saying? I don't know, I don't know what he means. Go ahead. So like uh most likely to eat oatmeal for breakfast ryan okay ryan, so how you are you going to turn these into superlatives all right i don't understand do you get to, you're... to create your own superlative for someone else but Has... he he <laughs> literally lists super, superlatives okay all right whatever nobody likes
3: superlatives all right. are high all school, right, school let's
1: school? do
3: it all right i got one. nice fine let's do it let's do it
4: I, I have one most likely to dress up like a lumberjack for no clear reason <laughs> <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> Just so you know, Brinson's wearing a Patagonia heavy coat. Uh, they don't call it toboggans; they call it what do you call it? Winter hat. Um, and he's si- sitting indoors. It's <laughs> not sitting outside. And
3: by the way, if you go to my Twitter, you'll see a picture because I already tweeted. it. Oh, you tweeted
4: that out? Yeah, go to Sean's Twitter and you can see it.
1: Most likely to have three bodies in their fridge in their garage. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like how you knew it was you.
1: <laughs> I was worried Ryan would go there. I'm just kidding, Bruce. We know you don't kill people.
2: It's, really? It's funny because you have to explain on the podcast that it's been a running joke. I don't even know how it started because Wilson started calling me a serial killer.
4: Because you would disappear for long stretches and no one could get a hold of you. And when we saw you next, you always had blood on your hands. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> um All right. Anything, anything else you guys want to give out you want we'll to get out of it? Most likely to make us wait to start the podcast. Oh, Ryan
3: Wilson.
2: <laughs> most likely to make us go on Broadway after the NFL draft, even though it's 3 a.m. and everyone wants to go to bed. But he says it'll be so much fun that you can't possibly go to bed, so you have to come out and drink with me some more.
4: And then I had to walk home three miles. From I,
3: I, I've got one more. Most, like, most, likely, <laughs> most likely to lock himself in a cafeteria. Oh, Johnny Breach. <laughs> John Breach. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that was great um okay i forgot about that that's enough let's get out of here of course you can check your feed there's a pick show with prisco and rj high energy show man it's been a good week for shows um we uh we got some locks in there we got a two parlays this week two parlays so make sure to check that out leave a five-star review rating etc we will get to it uh, after you do that and um Been fun, fellas. Talk to you on Sunday night for Monday's show. The baseball season is in
3: full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network.